Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mountains and Valleys podcast. I hope everyone is doing fantastic out there. It's been um, been actually a really like interesting morning so far. I'm usually the kind of person I wake up at about, I guess, 5 or 6 a.m., wake up early, and I usually just like just kind of hang around, whether in my bedroom or hang around downstairs in our living room. And this morning, I, my mom, like, she came up and woke me up, and she's like, do you have to be anywhere this morning? And I was like, oh, no. And then she's like, do you know what time it is? And I was like, oh, it's just like 7 o'clock, because like I'd fell back asleep when I woke up at 5, and I was like, oh, I'd like wake back up at 7. And she's like, it's 9 o'clock. I went, no way. And I turned my phone and got my phone, turned it upside down, because it was like, yeah, I don't know why I did. And I read the time upside down. I do weird things in the morning. And I just go, oh, my gosh, it is 9 o'clock. <laughs> So, and I've been doing that a lot here lately, so I need to get my lazy buck back on a routine. My lazy self needs a routine or else I will keep doing that, I guess. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't really know. Let's try to think. Yeah, I don't think any really major news so far, at least around my ends of the woods where I live. Um, everything's been pretty, it's been a pretty peaceful weekend pretty productive just getting some college work done. Um, I take an online biology course, but it's with the Christian college, so it's kind of like I'm doing biology and almost like theology at the same time because they want you, they want to teach you the basics like the biology you'd learn in a regular uh, biology class, but at the same time they also want to teach you the Christian values of biology and whatnot. And of course I also take microeconomics, but I mean that's just like easy work at this point to be honest with you. I'm trying to think, what else has been going on? I, it's just honestly been a really kind of like a calm, soothing weekend. Um, of course, this episode is belated. I meant to put it out Saturday. But, well, I say it's been like laid back, but like I've been, like I said, it's been really productive. So I've been doing things um, for work and maybe, hey, maybe I've been doing things for this podcast you guys just don't know about yet and maybe hasn't come out yet. So maybe that's why the episode was like, ooh, never know. But yeah, I hope you guys have had, hope you guys and gals had a really good past week, a good weekend. Weekends are very important to me, or at least like while I was like in school. Well, I mean, I'm still in school. It's now kind of different because like I work and I do online school. So like my school schedule, honestly, is not Monday through Friday. It's basically whenever I can get the chance to do it. <laughs> so there have been Saturdays where I do a lot of like work on Saturday. So I don't really like have. It's like I do have a weekend if I get all my work done during the week, but if I don't, but even then, like, it just depends on everything, like, work, between work and school, sometimes, sometimes like, weekend's not a thing anymore, and I think a lot of people my age, um, all the teenagers who eventually grow up, and adults, especially adults, maybe lose that weekend value, so maybe a weekend is something that we should only define when we're younger, because <laughs> I feel like when you're, I would dare say maybe... Maybe freshman year. Maybe your freshman year in high school is the last, like, real last year you can say the weekend and expect a lot of good, restful times. Because I feel like from there on out, like, especially my sophomore year, my weekends started to become, like, my work days. Because, like, I had, like, it's back when I did school, like, I was, at, I was on campus full-time from Monday through Friday. But then on Saturday was the only day I could, like, go do, like, operate, like, any free stuff. And I had the opportunity to work, so I went and I did that. And so that's how my weekend got put out of place. 
But either way, I think it's important that we all get some rest. Like, obviously, if you read Genesis, there's the whole thing about the Sabbath. Um, the Sabbath was made for man in the sense that God knew that we needed rest. And to even model that, he rested himself, which always kind of made me wonder, I'm like, did God really need rest? Probably, I mean, honestly, he didn't. But I think in some way he did that to model for us, like, if this great, powerful, like, just all-powerful God, if he takes importance and he puts priority in rest at some point, then we should as well. We should, we should work hard, but then we should rest hard, if that makes any sense. But yeah, so the topic for today is, I don't have one. That's a really interesting, like, thing I know for me to record this podcast and literally have zero notes, zero pages, and zero idea of where I'm going to go with this. Because I was kind of thinking and praying, and I just, my mind's been blank. That's probably half the reason why I did not record on Saturdays, because my mind just went blank, and I... And then I kind of thought about it more this work this morning, and just prayed over it, and I've been thinking about it. And honestly, I think this is just one of those times where I don't need to be prepared. I don't need to sit down and write on a legal pad for an hour and map out and outline everything. I think this needs to be one of those times where I just speak what comes to mind because maybe. Maybe God has something to say, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong in doing this, but you know what? I'll never know until I try, so there you go. I think what's really been kind of on my mind lately is perhaps just like the idea of leadership. I know a lot of people out there who who they wanna they want to lead, but they're almost like held back. What really started this thought process was, you know, just you look at this day and time, you look in Paul, I, don't, I mean, I'm not going to tell you my views on any of this, but you look at politics, you look at the, um, you look at the workforce, you look at the spectrum of careers out there, you look at school, public or private, you look in the military, you look anywhere this day and time. And when I say that, I feel like we tend to think, oh, in America, I mean anywhere in the world. Just think about anywhere in the world, and I feel like, I'm not going to say the world's a terrible place, because people who constantly bash and say, this world is evil, this world is, yes, that we do have our bad times, and yes, there is evil in the world, but I think there are also, there's also genuine goods that we have. Does that mean it's good enough for us to get to heaven? No, we cannot get to that on our own, but I still think there are some somewhat redeeming qualities if we're just looking at it from a, a worldview, just a natural, regular worldview. But I feel like a lot of people, especially in the church, tend to maybe just go to church and just kind of lay back, sit there, and just do the church thing. And, but then they kind of think, well, I want to be a leader. Well, how can I lead? And like, where do I start? But it's almost like it's not really, those aren't the questions that hold them back. It's not the how do I do it? And when can I do it? I think what really holds us back from leadership is, I think it's us. And when I when I say us, I think it's the past 
the past that we have, and we feel like the past defines us. I mean, I've said this probably a few times on this podcast, but it's something I had a recent conversation about, and it's a sad, sad, sad trend. And the fact of the matter is I don't have to pull up some sort of scientific calendar, some sort of research thing. I don't have to pull up any of this. I can go and tell you for a fact that, you know, today the idea of purity and the idea of holiness, and what I mean by that is the idea of waiting to have sex till marriage and do such things until marriage, that idea has just been booked out the window. I mean, you have people, you have guys and girls, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, living together before they're married, but and you know that, that things going on, those kind of sexual actions are happening between them. And it's sad to see because it's not even like people who are older, it's people who are 16, 15, 14, um, 18. I don't care. It's teenagers. I see a lot of it happening to today and young adults where they just throw away their virginity like it's nothing. They see nothing. It's, it's not even talking about virginity. I mean, it's not even talking about, I'm not even talking about the the sexual immorality. It's also, it's got to do with, you know, drugs and, you know, we sell, they, people sell themselves to that idea and that social life. People sell themselves to being in a gang, whether it's a real, um, what people say, a quote-unquote hood gang or just a regular kind of like clique or gang that, you know, tends to cause trouble and not lead you in the right path. We just get, we just devalue ourselves to live in these sinful worlds and sinful lives and we make all these mistakes whether maybe we we smoke something we shouldn't we drink when we shouldn't have we we did something with that guy or girl that we shouldn't have we shouldn't have done it and we know we shouldn't it's just all these things that add up and we and we get so just haunted by those or at least if you're a christian if you're not a christian then you're not going to feel sorry for doing it but if you really have God in you, you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you're going to feel convicted by the Spirit, by what you've done. And so people say, I want to lead. I want I want to go lead. Uh, maybe I want to do a podcast. Maybe I want to go speak. Maybe I want to go help out in the kids' ministry. In the moment, you almost say yes. It's like Satan just grabs onto you, grabs onto your leg and your ankle and pulls you back because he's pulling you back with that past saying, you can't be this. He's saying you cannot defeat who you are. You cannot overcome what you have become. But God says differently. When I hear that someone wants to lead, they want to lead in the church. They want to lead in the business field, the medical field. They want they just want to be a leader for Christ wherever they are. I say more to it, but we are so held back by our past and we can't let the past define us. I understand we all have regrets. We all have shame, but we have to learn to forgive ourselves. God is willing and ready to forgive us. I think a problem that's happening more today is that we're not ready to forgive ourselves. And by doing that, we just enable ourselves to take part and abide more into that sinful nature. Not even just sinful nature, because when people hear that, they're like, oh, that's just a Christian term. It, yes, it is sin, but to give you more of a relatable term, you enable yourself to go back into that damaging life where you just sell your body for someone else. You just sell your identity for something just to be a part of a group. You sell yourself short of what you are and what you're worth 
all just to thrive in some ideal world that you wish existed. Or you, or you do that because you wish to thrive with this group that you think that being with them and being a part of them and identifying with them and doing what they do, it will make you a better person. It will thrive you to the tops of the world. It will make you prosper above everything else. But the truth of the matter is that no matter who you're with, no matter who you stand for as far as mankind is concerned, we are all faulty people. And if we found our, and if we put our foundations in the ideals and the beliefs of mankind, then we are at fault. But if we put our beliefs in God and put them in Jesus and put our foundations of our identity in everything that God says and who God says we can be, then we can prosper, then we can thrive to the fullest. And then we can say yes to that leadership, to leading to where we want to lead. And we can say, God, wherever you go, I will go, I will follow you. But we say that and every time we're ready just to say yes, we allow ourselves to be pulled back into this pit of sin and evilness and just temptation. And we can't do that. And I'm not, I don't want to speak like I'm above every one of you listening out here because I'm not. I've been there. I've been in that position where I'm just like, yes, God, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's bring, um, screw it, let's go personal. I've been in that position recently where I, I've said, you know what, God, I'm ready to take on that banner name you gave me. A lot of people um, in middle school used to call me Preacher Mark. What do you know? Maybe some of you out there may have learned about me or heard about me through that name. And it's a name that I kind of, I think it was back in the month of May of this year, 2018, by the way. I think back in May, I just kind of booted that name to the side. It wasn't anything against God, or well, maybe it was. But I just kind of booted it to the side. And the reason why I got rid of that name is because I just got so... I think the reason why I got rid of that name is because I was so ashamed of who I was and I felt that I did not, I did not, you know, represent that name well enough. And I felt that I just, I, I think, I, let me just restart. I, the reason why I abandoned the name of Preacher Mark is because I felt ashamed and I did not feel good enough and I did not think I could carry a name with such a title, with such, I, I, th- I didn't think I could carry that, and I don't think I could have represented that as well as I should have, and that's why I left that name, it wasn't because I just got tired of it, I loved the name, and to some people out there, probably, oh, it's just a name, but for me, it was, it's, I just felt that I didn't deserve to be called that, and I think, Maybe we do that to ourselves, and maybe looking from the outside, you may think, oh, you know what, this is just a small problem. Like for me, maybe you might think, oh, that's just a name, and but you may do it to yourself. You're like, oh, it's just a name. That's just a title I give myself. Oh, it's just an identity. Oh, it's just a group I hang out with, but we don't realize that the small details matter the most. Yes, the large opportunities and the large details of life do matter, but the smaller ones matter more because they occur more and they lead to those larger things in life. And so I've been battling back here and forth lately, saying to myself, just going, am I going to allow myself to be called this name again? Am I, am I willing to 
take the sacrifice and be ready to accept the consequences that come with, you know, banning yourself as a preacher or a pastor or heck, just saying you're a follower of Christ in general. Am I ready to just, and I'm not saying I'm um, not a Christian. It's just, I've, I, I guess I took a step back from putting it so profoundly out there, you know, as far as, you know, kind of like just wearing a name tag with it. Um, I, I do think my actions and my words and the way I did things, I think it was very Christ-like, but I just, you know, I just didn't have, you know, an obvious symbol out there for someone who maybe is not used to church stuff where the first glance they got at me, they could be, oh, that, he stands for this. So that's me that I've battled on that where I'm like, where in some part of me where God is saying, Mark, you should claim that name. You should, you should go back to that. And I'm, I just reach out and I say, yes, God, let's do it. Let's, let's go back to that name. Or let's just go back to that position, that leadership. Let's go back to doing that. In a moment, I'm about to say yes. I get pulled back by my past regrets and my past sins. And someone out there is listening right now. And you've done the exact same thing. You're about to grasp on. You're about to say yes to this leadership. Or maybe it's different. You're about to say yes to God. You're about to say yes to the identity and the life and the purpose that God has for you. And you're, re- you're, about, you're just about to say yes to Jesus. And you're ready to live this life, this fulfilling life that He has for you. You're ready to say yes and abandon all. You're like, you're like the man in the, um, in the New Testament where Jesus talks about the man who finds the hidden treasure. You're the man who goes out in the field and he finds, you know, he's searching for all these pearls. But he finds one pearl that is just more valuable than all. And he goes and sell, sells all he has just to get the um just to get that one pearl you're just like that man finding the hidden treasure treasure you look at the hidden treasure and you're you're like yes i want that you're ready to give it all away but the moment you're about to give it all away and you're about to say yes to christ you're about to really give a pivotal moment a pivotal change a pivotal opportunity in your life you go to say yes and you're pulled back you're pulled back by those past sins you're pulled back by those regrets. You have this vision in your mind, almost like you can see it clear as day of that sin you're committing. Maybe you can imagine yourself smoking that thing you should, or doing those drugs you should, or maybe you just, or maybe it's more of a simple sin. You see yourself, you see an image of yourself just filled with anger and filled with hatred toward every single person that has ever hurt you, and you realize that your li- that your past self, and you're allowing your life to once again become filled with this hatred and you're allowing it to become filled with these regrets and this guilt and you and I just want to speak to that because I want you to say yes I want every single one of you out there to say yes to that to the opportunity God has given you I want you to say yes to to the life that Jesus has for you I understand we all have we all have done things we wish we wouldn't have. The Lord knows that I have made my fair share of mistakes, and I'll be honest, sometimes I still can't sleep at night because I think about them. I'm not proud of it. I'm not boastful of it. If I could do anything, I wish I could take, back, take it back and not do that. But we have to learn to forgive ourselves. You're human, you're flawed. And I don't say that to give you petty or say what you did was right. 
I'm not saying that your circumstance justifies this sin because your sin is still sin. Your disobedience to God is still disobedience. But what I'm saying is you have to realize that you did make, yes, you made that mistake. Own up to it. But if you want your life to change and if you really want to drive yourself away from those mistakes that you made, you have to be willing to forgive yourself so that you can allow God to forgive you. God's ready to forgive you. You just have to accept that forgiveness that He has ready for you. Just forgive yourself. Yes, we are meant to be like Christ, but you're not always going to hit the mark. You're not always going to hit the goal. But God is such a loving and graceful God that even from the beginning, He knew that we were going to miss those shots. He knew that we was not that we were not always going to hit our target. He knew that we were not always going to, you know, exceed over the bar set for us. He knew that we were, that we were going to fall short. So if God, if the, the if the person who has the right, the the authority, the judgment. He has, if anyone has the right, or basically has the right mindset to say whether something can be forgiven or not, if that God is willing to say, I forgive you for what you did, then we ourselves need to be able to look in the mirror and say, I forgive myself. Or maybe, you know, you know, and you think, how do I get rid of that? You just have to stay on top. You have to pray about it. And you have to stay true to God and true to who God has you to be. And you have to overcome those past mistakes. You have to overcome them. Yes, they may come up and Satan try may to use that to, to torture your mind and to pull you back from what God has won. But God's saying, come to me. Come to me. He's, he has his arms open and his, his gates are open wide. And he's saying, come to me. You don't have to get rid of that sin before you come to me. He says, you come to me and I will get rid of that sin for you. You partner with me. You get a covenant with me. You get a relationship with Christ, with my son, and we will get that sin out of you. We, those, your sins are forgiven by the blood of Christ. You just have to be willing to accept the gift that God's given you. And that gift is that he wants to forgive you. He wants to redeem the name that you once had. And he wants to recover you. And perhaps he even wants to give you, he wants to give you a new name, give you a new identity. He wants to redeem that loss. Your heart was broke. God wants to redeem that. Your identity was broke. God wants to redeem that. Your livelihood, your innocence, even your purity. God wants to redeem that. He wants to redeem that. When you look in the mirror and you, or maybe for me, I look in the mirror and I see myself. Maybe there's parts of Mark, that's my name by the way. <laughs> There's parts of Mark that I am not proud of. Parts I said, like I told you earlier, I wish I could go back on, but God comes into those situations and He says, I'm going to redeem that name. I'm going to redeem that name and possibly, and the way He redeems it, I think, is, I think He, make, he gets rid of the faults of that name and He almost gives you a new name. Now, does that mean my name will go from Mark to, I don't know, Lord Jacob Bishop II. 
I probably not. And could God do it if he wanted to? Sure. But most of the time, it's not really getting rid of the literal name. It's giving our name a new meaning for what we stand for. Where before, maybe my name stood for something along the lines of someone full of hatred, someone full of anger, someone who was wishy-washy in what they felt, someone who tended to listen to what other people think, someone who who judged their character on the character of others. And maybe my name, Mark, was meant, Mark def, was defined as just a guilty sinner lost in his sin. He was so absorbed by... Mark was absorbed by sin. He was absorbed by his anger and his hatred. Every time someone hurt him, all I could think about was how I could get them back, how I could hurt them worse, and what, and you know, and just, I just claw up my mind and think how much I hated that person, how much I didn't care for him anymore. That's what my name was defined as, but God came in and he redeemed that name. And so now my name can be redeemed and now my name is redeemed and God speaks into my life and he just says Mark is a follower of Christ yes he still sins yes he messes up but his life is full of grace and mercy that he wants and he is able to give to others my name gets to be defined by what God made it to be not what I made it to be And maybe there's a flip side on this whole leadership topic. We have a lot of us out there. We want to go, yes, lead, 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 let's do it. I want to be, be a leader for God. I want to go out into the community. I want to go out into the work, the workplace, the school. I want to go wherever I need to go, wherever God calls me to go. I want to go be a leader. But And we say yes, but then we get into it and we kind of become almost afraid, hesitant to step out of the comfort zone. And I'm going to let you know right now, to be in a true position of leadership, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. God did not call us, nor did He create us, to live a life, a limited life. Yes, our life is finite, our life is limited compared to His, but I think God gave us almost a limited imagination in the sense that He created us with a desire to go for something and he's not, and his goal is not, all right, well, well, let's say you're a pastor. God didn't go, all right, you're going to save 10 people, and that's it. You cannot save any, or well, I should say, I, I should re, uh, rephrase that. You can go and you can lead 10 people to Christ, and that's it. You can lead no more. Or God didn't look at the teacher and say, all right, you're going to teach for about 10 years, but and you're going to impact about 50 students, but that's it. You can't, you can't impact 51. I do not believe God did. I think God said, Here's the place where I want you. Here's the purpose I have for you. Now go and do an unlimited amount of however much you can do. If you can lead thousands of people to Christ and keep on leading more, do it. If you can impact that one student more, if you can impact 50 students and keep on impacting 50 more students for years to come, then do it. God did not set a limit on to what we're able to do for His kingdom. Yes, we may be limited people in our abilities and limited in our knowledge and our mindset, but we have an unlimited God, an infinity, infinite God who has just this unmeasurable, unlimited knowledge that we are allowed to lean on and trust in. And so when you look at the leadership and maybe you're going out and maybe you're afraid to go out of that comfort zone or maybe 
Or maybe it's the people around you saying, you will never change. You will never be something great. Whatever it is speaking to your life, you just you have to realize that you have to cancel it out. And whatever it is, you're going to have to pursue it with God. Maybe, maybe your story may just be like Joshua's, where Joshua went around the walls of Jericho. I think it was about it was seven days. Either way, it was very it was several days, and he went around. and, and I can imagine, you know, maybe a few days go by. They're into that fourth day, and they're thinking, "Man, God, you're you're not gonna are you going to deliver us? Like you said, these walls would would come down if we did this." Lord, where are you, God? Are you going to knock these walls down for us so we can be victorious, God? Are we going to, are we going to starve to death out here? And then, you know, that sixth day, they're probably on the edge, just thinking, God, where are you, God? We're doing what you said, God. You, we're doing your, pro- what you, where are you? Where's your promise? Where's your fulfillment? We're doing the instructions. We're, we're guiding. We're following your guidance. Where are you, God? And maybe we're in the same place as Joshua. We're walking around the walls. We're trying to knock down those pastor groups. We're trying to knock down those demons and those liars and those haters and the fears. We're trying to knock them down. We're saying, God, where are you? But you just have to hold on a little bit more because on that seventh day, God comes and he says, he just speaks life into us and he speaks life in that situation. God comes in on that seventh day and he knocks those walls down and he gives us victory just like Joshua got victory. Or maybe you have doubt in your mind about your age. You're thinking, oh, I'm in high school. I'm immature. There's no way I could I could lead all these. There's no way I could lead God's people. There's no way I could do all these things for God. I'm just a high schooler. I'm just a middle schooler. Heck, I'm just an elementary kid. I'm just a young adult. I'm just now getting into my 30s. Whatever the case may be, the Bible speaks of that. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. And sometimes when, 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 when you read that and it says, don't let anyone look down on you, we often think about others. And yes, there will be some people out there who try to hold us down to our past mistakes. They will try to hold us down and tell us that we can never change. But I think sometimes as well that anyone can, look, can be us. So maybe I should repeat that in a sense. Don't let yourself look down on you. Because you are young, but set an example for believers and yourself in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. That speaks a lot of redemption. That for someone out there who maybe you used to, maybe your heart used to be full of hatred, maybe you used to despise God, or maybe you sold your body to someone with sexual immoralities. Or maybe you just sold your whole entire identity to a group just because you wanted to hang in and act like you're, you're safe and that you had purpose. You can redeem those past mistakes. There's no going back and changing them. You can change the now. God is truly a graceful God because He allows us to suffer the consequences of our actions so that we, in return can go and change the today and the tomorrow. If we never had consequences, it, then none of our decisions would ever matter. But with consequences, God allows us to understand the trueness of our character and who we need to be, not what we are becoming. What we are becoming may not be true, may not be good, but God says we don't have to define ourselves. That We can define ourselves 
as who is to come, and we can start that today. Look at David. David maybe wasn't even 16 at the time. Even but like he he defeated Goliath as a teenager, as a young lad. And he, and it didn't even start there. His whole journey with God, his heart with God, started before that when he was being a shepherd to his family, and he defeated a lion. And I think he, if I'm not mistaken, I think he defeated a bear possibly. But he should. But basically, before Goliath, David was doing all these big miraculous things with God and his relationship with God. All started in the heart. And so when he went up there and you had all these grown men be afraid of Goliath, even Saul himself would not go and fight him. This king who was supposed to stand for these people, this king who was supposed to represent God, would not stand for God that day. But David, a young man, a young lad, a teenager, went up, not even wearing armor because he couldn't fit into it. He went up to Goliath and he stood up for God when no one else would. And he defeated the giant. We can be David. No matter what our age is. Maybe there's people around us who, they're, they're meant to be the leaders. Or maybe people see them as the leaders. Maybe they're the popular people in our school. Maybe they're the, um, maybe they're the bosses, the managers in our workplace. Or maybe they're just the more well, quote-unquote, well-known, quote-unquote, better leaders. Psych. A group of social of in our social lives in our social community, but they are failing to represent what God is, and that's where you can step in. And you don't have to keep sitting on the sidelines, feeling that oh well, they're you know look at this person. This person's meant to be a leader. I'm not. This person is in a better position than I. More people are going to listen to this person. Stop thinking like that, and just start thinking. You know what? There's no one else around me that is standing up for God, standing up for Christ. So I'm going to do it. When everyone else wants to turn their back on God, when everyone else wants to abandon the church, when everyone else wants to turn away from God and live a more sinful and destructive life, you can be that one person, that one soul, that one light, that beacon in the darkness that says, no, I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to say no to Satan. I'm going to say no to my temptations. And I'm going to say yes. Yes, I made past mistakes. Yes, I have regrets. Yes, I have scars on my soul and on my life because of things and choices I did. But I'm going to say yes to Christ right now because I can redeem that name. I can redeem the past. And more importantly, I can go and be a light and be that beacon for God. And He can make a difference in my life. And through that, He'll make a difference in the lives of others around me. So that when no one else is willing to stand for God, I will stand for God. Because let me tell you some people, one, per- one person cannot change the world. I will be honest. We are limited. One person may be able to impact a few people, maybe impact a community. But one person cannot impact thousands of people on their own. And maybe if you get a group of people together, you can impact maybe thousands, even millions of people. I mean, look at the guy, the, the companies that made social media. I mean, you could even look at presidents of different countries. They impact millions of people. But no one on their own can truly impact the soul and the, the soul of the world. No one on their own, no man or no people together can impact the world on their own, on their mere mortal selves. But let me tell you this. One person, one man or one woman with God can change the whole world and, for, and change the world, not just change the world, they can change the world 
for generations to become. Because when we partner ourselves with God and we say yes in spite of our past selves, and we say, yes, I'm willing to change, God. God, I'm willing to step up to what you have me, God. I want to have what you want. I'm willing to, I'm, I'm. You just look at God and you say, God, I want what you have for me. I'm ready to change my life. I'm ready to repent from what I've done. Yes, I know it's bad. Yes, I know it was wrong. And it eats me alive every day, every night. I can't sleep, God. But God, I want to follow you. God, I'm ready. I want to lead for you. Why can I be that one person in the crowd who stands up for you when no one else is standing for you, but yet standing against you? God, I want to stand for you. Would you when you say that? And you say that and you put your partnership with God in a position like that. You can change the world for generations to come. And you can also change yourself. And you can change the course of your history for years to come, for eternity. And you know what God will say? Come all who are weary and burdened. And come find rest. He's ready for us. He's ready to have us a part of his plan and a part of his kingdom. But we have to be willing to say yes in spite of the lot of the fears and the lies and the past sins. We have to be willing to say yes to God. And we'll be willing to change ourselves and be read and be ready to be radically changed by God. God didn't create us to live a life of regret or a life of suffering. Yes, we have those things now because of the sinful world and the sinful nature we created. But God intended for us to be fruitful, multiply, just be these creations of productivity and be these creations that when people look that when we look at ourselves in the mirrors, we don't think I have to sell my body to this person or I have to sell my identity to this group. I don't have to sell my habits to this drug or to these actions or to these words. I can sell myself to God because God in return will buy me and, and tell me that I've already been bought with the precious blood of Christ and that the price tag on me will fade away and a new tag will come on me and it will say priceless. It will say king. It will say queen. It will say son of God, daughter of God, child of God. It will not say you are worth X amount. You are worth this much to this person. It will say you are priceless and you are mine. And that name tag will be printed on our hearts that God gave us. That and the hearts that God wants to restore. I don't know who this will speak to. For some people, maybe it'll just sound like a bunch of jamble nonsense stuff that I'm just spitting out. But whoever is out there and you're haunted by your past or something's holding you back from saying yes to God, Stop holding back. Go all in. Go head first. It's like Johnny Cash once said, ain't no grave going to keep my body down. Because when you believe in God, nothing's keeping you down. I think that's really all I have to say, guys. So go and have a 
a blessed week, and I hope God speaks speaks life in you, and hopefully that every single one of you out there can find a place where you can thrive for God and thrive for yourself. And if you know someone that needs to listen to this or needs to hear this, not, and I'm not saying this for my sake, I'm saying this for their sake, let them hear these words. Because truly, 20 minutes from now, I'm not going to remember what I said. I just let God speak through me. Have a great week, guys.